Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week, we'll talk about real life issues that you're walking through and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host and teen life coach, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Ladies, it is time to take our podcast off our phones and into real life. I'm so excited to invite you to Uncommon Teen Live, our annual conference for Christian teen girls just like you. So go ahead and head on over to UncommonTeenLive.com and grab your tickets today. As we talked about last week, there's so much confusion in the culture today. But how do we as Christians stand up against the culture with courage while still reaching the people with compassion? This world is a little, okay, not so much a little, but a lot upside down. A lot of people today are so morally confused that they no longer know what is right and what is wrong. Isaiah 520 talks about this. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The word woe means it's not good for them. They are so confused on what is right and what is wrong that they are now celebrating sin and punishing what is right. Just a couple days ago, I heard a story about a pastor in Wisconsin who was arrested for peaceably reading the Bible at a public park. Actually, what he was reading was not something that was condemning or something that was putting other people down or judgmental. What he was reading was the passage on loving your neighbor as yourself. And he wasn't yelling it and he wasn't being mean about it. He was arrested because he was offending some people who were at a drag queen event in the park. In the United States right now, it is not illegal to speak freely in a public park. What this man was arrested for, he should not have been arrested for. This world is so upside down. So how do we stand against the culture with courage while reaching the people with compassion in a world that has gone crazy? It starts with taking a stand. We have to stand strong on the word of God and not change what we believe or hold back from telling others what we believe because we're afraid of what they'll do to us, what they'll think about us, what they'll say to us. We have to take a stand for what is right. Most of us have heard the verse in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Do you know why Paul wrote this letter to Timothy? Timothy was a young pastor of a church that had been growing so quickly. Things were going great until Nero became emperor of Rome. Nero had some mental challenges, and he hated the Christians. We don't know for sure or not, but it is speculated that Nero started the Great Fire of Rome in the year 64 AD. Nero then blamed the Christians 
for the fire. During the Great Fire, so many Christians were afraid of what the Romans were going to do to them that they decided they were turning their back on God completely. Christians were being scattered. They were being killed. They were being persecuted. It was insane. And so Timothy, this young pastor of a rapidly growing church, sees all of his church members running in terror for their life, turning their backs on God. And so this fear is starting to grow up on the inside of Timothy. He was afraid for his life. He was afraid for the life of the ones who went to church with him. However, Paul wrote 2 Timothy as a letter to Timothy, telling him that God did not give him a spirit of fear, but of power, meaning his prayers were powerful. His voice was powerful. His actions were powerful, but he had to take a stand for the word of God. So God had not given him a spirit of fear, but of power of love, and of a sound mind, a mind at peace. And the same thing is true for us. In this culture where sin is very much celebrated and where Christianity is very much not tolerated anymore, we have to make a choice that we are not going to give in to fear. We are not going to give in to this culture. We are not going to affirm the sins, but we are going to stand strong on the word of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Our prayers are powerful. Our voice is powerful. Our actions are powerful. He's given us a spirit of love and of a sound mind, a mind at peace, a peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds. We don't even understand why we have peace because it doesn't even make sense, but we do because God has given it to us. So how do we make a stand? The only way that we can really stand strong is by knowing what it is that God says. And we do this by getting into the Bible every single day. I will tell you, Out of the majority of all of you teen girls who I've talked to and who I've asked this question to, the number one challenge that they have as a Christian is getting into the Bible daily. Ladies, I wish I could say that that is a surprise, but it's not because the word of God is how we take our stand. The word of God is what makes us free. And so the enemy is going to come after the word constantly over and over again, try to distract us. It's not surprising to me. But I cannot stress how important it is to get into your Bible daily and not just to read it to check off a list saying, okay, check, I did it. I read my Bible today. Okay, check, I did, I read my Bible today. When we get into checking off lists, it puts us in a place of where we have stepped into religion instead of a relationship with Jesus. The reason why we read the Bible daily is so that we can learn what it is that God says, how it applies to our lives, how we can take action and stand against the enemy. The word of God is so powerful. Hebrews talks about how it's alive and it's active. It's living. No wonder the enemy is trying to come after the word of God. And ladies, let's not let him have it. Now, reading your Bible daily does take creating a habit. And again, not just reading it, but reading it to learn something, to say, how can I apply this to my life? What does this really mean? And it is a habit and habits take time. So you might say, okay, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. And you do a good job for like four days and then you miss a day. And then many times people are like, oh, missed a day. Well, I might as well just give up now. But we're not going to do that. If we miss a day, we're going to be like, you know what? I'm starting again tomorrow. And if you miss a week and you're like, oh man, I haven't even read my Bible in a week. Start again today. It is okay. Just start. Continue to start. Keep starting over and over and over again if you have to. But get into your Bible. 
and try to get into the Bible daily. Make it a habit. And once it's a habit in your life, it won't be one of those things that you forget. You're like, oh man, I forgot. But it'll be like, okay, I'm getting into the word. And you know what? There are days where I don't feel like reading my Bible first thing in the morning. But I have to make that choice to get into the Bible daily anyway. I have to make that choice no matter what my feelings are saying to me. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 talks about how we stand strong. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the mind games of the devil. That word may, when it says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, in the Greek, that word may means I am powerful, I have power, and I am able. Ladies, this is talking about you. You are powerful because of God's power that's on the inside of you. You have power and you are able to stand strong against the enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our fight isn't against people. It's not against people who are caught up in sin. It's not against people who are calling right wrong and wrong right. Our fight isn't even against the ones who may have hurt us, or who have called us names or put us down. Our fight is against the devil and his demons. And guess what? Because of the power that is on the inside of you, you have everything you need on the inside of you to put the enemy on the run. However, it says in order to do that, we have to put on the full armor of God, not just a piece of the armor, but the full armor of God. The first piece of the armor is the belt of truth. The belt is the most important piece of the armor. Without the belt of truth, you cannot have any other piece of the armor. What is the belt of truth? This is the written word of God. This is the Bible. We cannot put on any part of the armor without the Bible. It will not stand. This is why it's so important to get into the Bible. Without getting into the Bible, we don't have God's power on the inside of us to take down the enemy. We don't know the truth from deception and we cannot stand strong against the culture because most likely we're falling prey to the culture. The second piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness. This is your identity, who it is that God says that you are, what it is that he says about you. Once you get into the word and you start to see who it is that God says that you are, and when you know without a shadow of a doubt who it is that you are, the enemy can't stop you. The third piece is the shoes of the gospel of peace. These shoes are used for two purposes. One, to take the good news of Jesus into the world. And two, to keep the enemy under your feet. Those shoes that the Roman soldiers used to wear had spikes that were about three inches long on the bottom of their shoes. Could you imagine that enemy? If he's under your foot, he's not getting up. (laughs) The fourth piece is the shield of faith. The more you get into the Bible, the more that you build your faith on what it is that God says. Romans says that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God over and over again. And the more that you're getting into the word of God, the more that your faith begins to grow. Ephesians 6.16 tells us that that shield of faith can quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one, meaning the devil cannot touch you. Isaiah 54.17 says that no weapon that's been formed against you by the enemy shall prosper. The fifth piece of armor is the helmet of salvation. This is, this is our deliverance, our salvation. This is our 
protection. This is all-encompassing of what God says that we have. We can stand on the word of God knowing that he is on our side, that we shall not fear. We can stand bold. We can stand strong. We can stand confidently because we have the helmet of salvation. The sixth piece is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And you may be thinking, well, didn't we already talk about the word of God? That was the belt of truth. Well, this is the word of God that's been revealed to you. This is the spoken word of God. The more you get into the word of God, the more that it moves from head knowledge, like, okay, I know about that, to heart knowledge, like, there is nothing that can stop me from believing this. I believe this with every ounce of my being. That is the sword of the spirit. And when you believe the word of God with every ounce of your being, it's going to start coming out of your mouth. For example, I thank you, Lord, that your word tells me in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon that's been formed by the enemy shall prosper. I thank you, Lord, that I have victory with you in Jesus' name. And you start to become more confident because you're speaking that word. It's on the inside of you. It's become revealed to you. It's so real in your life. And then the seventh piece is the lance. And this is talking about your long distance battling. This is all kinds of prayers, which we'll get into in a different podcast episode. But this is your long distance battle, praying, praying in the spirit, praying the word of God, praying for those who are in trouble, who are caught in sin, who maybe one day were walking with Jesus and now they're completely turned their backs on God. And it's like they don't even want to get free. These are the seven pieces of the armor of God. When we're walking in that full armor of God, we are able to stand strong against this culture. And when we're walking with that armor on, we will not fall prey to this culture. When we stand up against this culture, not by pretending that the lies are truth, but by speaking the truth in love, that's how we reach this culture. I love the way that Ephesians 4.15 in the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible says this verse. It says, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, truth in all things. That doesn't mean affirmation like we talked about last week. That doesn't mean just overlooking the sin, but we express truth in all things. Speaking truly, like if it's a sin, we call it a sin. Dealing truly, living truly. Now here's the key. Enfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way in all things unto Jesus. If we want to stand up against this culture, we can't do it by being mean and by calling names and by telling people that they're going to hell, that they need to change. We have to speak, deal, and live our lives with truth enfolded in love. Love has to be our main motivation. Truth in love. Okay, so that's how we stand up against this culture. But how do we reach the people with compassion? So many people, when they hear the word compassion, they think of the word sympathy. Sympathy is based on emotions. You feel for somebody who's walking through something. It hurts your heart to see somebody hurting. That's sympathy. But compassion is from the Holy Spirit, not your emotions, but it moves you to action. You see somebody hurting and you can't just leave them there in their pain. So you have to do something to help them. It's hating the bondage and the pain that they are in enough to do something about it because you love them so much. Again, love should be our main motivator when reaching people. Our motivation should never be to get them to stop sinning, We want to show them the love of Jesus, share with them the love of Jesus, and then pray that they receive that love. They can't stop sinning if they don't know Jesus because they don't have the power on the inside of them to stop sinning. 
It's who they are. It's only when Jesus gets a hold of their hearts that Jesus can then work on the inside of them to help them break free from that sin. That's exactly what God did with us. You know, maybe you gave your life to the Lord at a young age, like both of my kids did, or maybe it was more recent. But either way, before we made Jesus the Lord of our life, there were things that we did that we messed up on. We were born into sin. Now, if you were five, praise God, there isn't a whole lot you probably did that was wrong by the time you turned five, but I'm guessing you weren't perfect either. However, if you were in your teen years like I was when I gave my life to Jesus, there was a lot of opportunities for me to mess up. We are all born into sin and need Jesus. No matter what that sin was, no matter how bad that sin was, praise God that he still reached out to us in his love. Romans 5.8 tells us that God showed us his love toward us. He was moved with compassion toward us. While we were out there messing up, Jesus died for us. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world. He loved us so much that he was moved with compassion to save us. Now it's our turn to move with compassion towards others and show them the love of Jesus so that he can save them too. Jesus is their only hope for true and lasting freedom. They need to understand that God is not their problem, but God is their solution. He's the answer to everything that they ever needed. He's the answer to that hole, that emptiness, that deep, deep, dark depression that's on the inside. He is the answer and the only one that can fill that hole, the only one that can help them to truly overcome that depression. But how do we share Jesus with those around us? Well, first, Pray about it. Talk to God about it. Ask him, God, who do you want me to talk today? Give me the words to speak. Help me to be bold and courageous as I go out and share your good news with those around me. The number two, look around you and see the people who are hurting. They need Jesus. And when you see those people, care about them. And when I say care, care is an acronym that stands for connect, ask questions, relate, and encourage. So start those conversations and connect with them. A connection point can be, Hey, I like your shirt or I love your shoes. Where'd you get those? Find something that you can encourage them about and then start asking them questions. Ask them questions about their life, about the things that they believe. Relate with them if you can relate with them, or maybe you know somebody who can relate with them and you kind of know a little bit about their story so you can kind of relate. Or, hey, I have a friend who walked through that too. And then encourage them. Share your story with them. Share with them, where were you before you made a decision to go all in with Jesus? Now, I know some of you gave your life to the Lord at a young age, but as a teenager, you also have a choice again. There comes a point in every single teenager's life where they make the decision, I'm no longer going to live on my parents' faith. I'm going to make this my own. So where were you before you made a relationship with Jesus your own? Why did you do that? What made you choose Jesus? And where are you today because of it? Before I met Jesus, I was a mess. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was so afraid of like everything. So If somebody were to talk to me about any of those things, I could share. I remember walking through that time in my life. I remember being so emotionally numb that I just couldn't feel anything on the inside. So I would self-harm just so I could feel something. But when I was a senior in high school, a friend of mine took me to church with her. And there I heard the good news of Jesus. And I chose Jesus because I knew he was exactly what I was missing. I knew he was the answer to all of the pain that I was feeling. Because I chose Jesus... I've been made 
free in every area of my life. It's that simple. And then ask them, hey, do you have a life-changing relationship with Jesus? And if they say no, this is a great time for you to share what God did for them and lead them to Jesus. There is an acronym that Greg Steer of the ministry Dare to Share gives out. And I love this acronym because it's so easy to remember. The acronym is the word gospel, and it stands for God created us to be in a relationship with him, but our sins separated us from God. Sins cannot be removed because of the good things that we do. But paying the price for sin, Jesus died for us on the cross, and now he is alive. He rose from the dead. Everyone who trusts in Jesus can have eternal life, and that life with Jesus can start now. Do you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? And then lead them through a prayer. God, in Jesus' name, I come to you. Sin, Satan, I turn my back on you. Jesus, I turn to you and I make you the Lord of my life. I thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I thank you, Lord, that you loved me enough to reach me. I thank you that I can start brand new with you today in Jesus' name. Ladies, it's that simple. It's so simple. Be on the lookout for an email this week because I will send you both of these acronyms, the CARE acronym and the GOSPEL acronym. And I will send you that salvation prayer so that you can take a screenshot of it, keep it on your phone, and lead somebody to Jesus. Let them repeat after you read it. It's okay for you to read it. All right, ladies, I hope that this helped you. I hope that this helped you to see that you can stand strong against this culture while still reaching the people with compassion. Now repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value... They don't change, even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, two quick announcements. Our SOAR coaching community wants you to be a part of it. I am so blessed. These ladies are amazing. They will pray for you. They will encourage you. If SOAR is something that you want to learn more about, head on over to the app and click on the tab that says, join the community and learn more there. And then the second announcement, don't forget to get your tickets for Uncommon Teen Life. Ladies, I'm telling you, this conference is going to be amazing. You don't want to miss this. Go ahead and head on over to the app. Click on the tab that says Uncommon Teen Life or go to uncommonteen.com slash conference and grab your tickets today. All right, ladies, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know how incredibly loved by God that you really are. Repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, I would love to personally invite you to join us this July 19th and 20th for Uncommon Teen Live 2024. Woohoo! Being a teen girl today is tough. Being a Christian teen girl today is even more challenging. But God has given you everything you need to not just survive this crazy world, but to soar. At this year's conference, we're going to be talking about how to become free from anything that is holding you back from being all that it is that God has created you to be. And for those of you who have not been to Uncommon Teen Live before, you get to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything session. Ladies, throughout the whole conference, I have a box set up where you can ask your questions 
And then on Saturday, the second day of the conference, we set aside a special session just to answer as many questions as we possibly can. And ladies, I would love to invite you to be a part of our live podcast recording at the conference venue itself. Ladies, last year we tried this and I don't know what happened, but the recording disappeared. This year it's not happening. We are going to record live and in person at Uncommenting Live, and I would love for you all to be a part of this episode. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, head on over to Uncommenting Live, grab your tickets today. And real quick, I just want to say thank you to those of you who prayed for us about our venue. After a couple of venues fell through for Uncommenting Live, I knew that God was going to do something big, and He really was. He was working behind the scenes even when we didn't see it. We found a venue that is amazing. The owners are amazing. They love the heart behind Uncommon Teen. I'm so excited because there's something even better that I want to share with you, but I can't share with you yet. (laughs) So stay tuned because I've got some really awesome news about this conference that you're going to love. So I just want to say again, thank you so much for your prayers. Know that they are heard, that God listens to you, and I'm just excited. Continue to pray over this event. God is going to do something miraculous, and I am so excited to get to be a part of it. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next time.